Big Shit Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Short on guests, or should I say analysts, long on content. Brooks Nevada is sick this week, so we'll hear from him next week. But all good there. Got two of your other favorites coming right at you. Get this thing kicked off with Ty Gregorak, lead analyst here at Skyline Sports. Talking a lot of things Bobcats, a little things Grizzlies, and all the way around the FCS playoffs. Plus, of course, plenty of ranting about the NCAA transfer portal. We'll hear from Sammy and Kim, former Grizz receiver. Did a great job stepping in with us here at Skyline Sports, providing his acumen. Great with the X's and O's parts of the game, but also great with just the, the feel of student-athletes and what it's like to be a college football player and uh, love his perspective. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season, Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks so much for listening. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Ty Gregorak joining us now. And uh, if he keeps on following the rest of the Big Sky, which I know he will, we'll keep on doing these, a couple more of these. But in terms of our conversations about Montana State, this is probably the last one for a little while because, first of all, what a football game in Bozeman on Saturday. I thought both teams played with incredible heart. North Dakota State and Montana State both did. I thought both teams made some unbelievable plays. I thought both teams made some unbelievable and completely unexpected mistakes. I thought both coaching staffs had moments of being good and also completely bad. I thought the officiating was terrible, and I thought that all wrapped up into one was one of the great college football games I have ever covered. And like I said on my radio show yesterday, the the human experience of being an objective observer who has no dog in the fight watching that, and to be able to see North Dakota State celebrate like they did and feel that, and feel how happy they were, and be so happy for them. And then to turn around and look at the other sideline and see just the complete and utter despair on the Bobcat guys. I mean, that's what sports is all about. I know a lot of people ride the roller coaster as fans and stuff, but man, to feel both of those at the exact same time and then go to the press conference, it was quite a moment for me, and what a football game it was. I mean, what would you think? I mean, when that extra point was blocked, that, that has to be one of the most shocking innings of any game we've ever covered or been at, right, Ty? Coulter, you've evaluated and watched the Cats uh, all season long. If you were to say the Cats are going to lose, they're, they're done, they're going to be done. Their season is over because of why. What, w- what would a logical person maybe answer that with? I know what I would, just like, just like I did uh, two years ago. Special teams. Yep. That, has reared its, that has reared its ugly head for three and a half, almost four months. Now, Brendan Hall is fantastic in the punt game. First team all-league guy, as he he should be. The guy is flat fantastic as a kickoff guy. All right? And and so so for those two pieces, that kid deserves a scholarship all day, every day. They asked him to do all three phases in terms of also being the extra point and, and field goal kicker. That's a lot to ask. Are there those that can do it? Sure. He did it. He just, his, you could tell his uh, extra point and field goal motion was just off a little bit. Like he did, you know, you don't have five, six steps to wind into that sucker and crank on it. 
but you know, so then, then they make, then they make a coaching decision, a tough decision. Say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to let the, the we're going to let the other guy try makes a few kicks early, but, but culture. And, and, and I'll be honest, I did not get to listen to your show yesterday. I usually don't because it doesn't come on until the day late, you know, and I got to go to Billings tomorrow. So I'm going to spend two hours listening to you and coach Marty and whoever else you brought on yesterday. How many kicks do you know? And, and if you don't know, you don't know. I don't know, but I know it was a lot. How many kicks were missed? Or blocked this year? Do you know? Did you talk about it on your show yesterday? Okay, hold on. Let me. I think of this because when Brendan Hall got benched, he was six of thirteen, including having three kicks blocked. And then Casey Katzman hit too early when he first got thrown into the fire there. But then he had two misses plus a block at the end. So here, hold on. I'm just pulling up the uh, the stats. This is real time podcasting here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Special yeah, teams. No, I'm clicking open. all the way through. <laughs> Uh, here you go. So Brendan Hall ended the, the season 6 of 13. Casey Kotzman ended the season 4 of 7. So the Cats were 10 of 20 when it comes to field goals. That's exactly 50%. They were 3 of 9 on field goals over 40 yards, 0 for 3 on over 50 yards. And, uh, yeah, not, uh, not, not great. That's, uh, that's actually incredibly bad. Well, it's bad when you consider that this team had – I mean, we, we, you and I, you and I, both at, at different points in the season, called them the, the best team in the country, even even with the South Dakota State loss. And so, and so, one really has to, you know, kind of ask ourselves, what, how, how do you look back at the 2023 season? I mean, that it, it, it was 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 it was that an underachievement? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, 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 I would argue, and I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of the moment, but I would argue that all things considered. Considering where Montana State was, the momentum they had coming into the year, the the group of talent that they had, led by their exceptional junior class and the chemistry that that junior class has with the, the small but very good senior class, that this was the most disappointing season at Montana State since 2015, was which was the season that got Rob Ash fired. And if you know all the stuff that was going on at Montana State, both internally and externally, there was so much more drama that affected stuff. So in terms of just pure on-the-field underachievement, I think this is the most disappointing season that I've had covering the Cats in the 14 seasons I've covered them on a beat. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and you just related it to the 15 season, and, and, and you know, there's been rumblings. You and I have kind of talked about it without you know, truly knowing some of the ins and outs of what's going on. But, I mean, half of the Don Joy Mafia has already jumped into the transfer portal. You know, some good players, some players that have been there in the program now for a bit, have already said I'm I'm out or I'm, I'm looking to be out. Which you know, for those I'm that haven't heard, Omar Abedian, uh, All Conference guard, Rush Reimer, All American tackle and guard, and Jacob Kettles, who started parts of each of the last two seasons, all in the portal for Montana State. Yeah, and so I I, I don't know, man. It's just I I like Coach Vegan a lot. I think he he's done a great job. He really has. He he's he's had some coaches come and go. Um, I, I just, you, you look at that game. I mean, they, they, it, it was tough because, you know, they had, they had more first downs than North Dakota state. They had over 500 yards of offense against North Dakota state. I thought Tommy Malott, I, I thought Tommy Malott now, now he's had some, some really good and great games in his career. 
that was one of his more complete games as a Bobcat quarterback, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that or not. You were I there, agree. I, you I thought watching. that, that well, the only game that rivals that one was the semifinal game against South Dakota State uh, when he was yes. a freshman, and that's because yes. they were out of running backs and they had to run the ball. I mean, he ran the ball like 28 times in that game. But in terms of efficiency, throwing the ball up the seam and also getting out on the edge, I thought that was Tommy Blatt's single best game. He was fantastic, you know, and and I thought I thought the two inside linebackers, you know, you just talk about tough. I mean, Nolan got Nolan got dinged, man. I mean, he did not. I mean, I know there's mixed report. I was actually right there when he came off the sideline, and 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 you don't know. I mean, it, was it was it the wind knocked out of him? Did he get his head dinged? Danny used fighting through a, a a shoulder, but the two of those inside linebackers, both captains, combined for 19 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. I mean, you talk about a way to go out for Nolan Askelson. I know, I, I know you. Did you come out with your story yet on him? Yeah, I, I ran it soon? last week, and uh, I, yeah. I, I was uh, so proud uh, of him. I mean, it was it was scary that he came back in the game, but then he and, and then on the very first play of the second half, they ran right at him and they scored a touchdown. And I was like, oh man, yeah. he shouldn't be in there. And then he just absolutely balled his face up. I'm so proud of that guy, man. Yeah. What a great career yeah. he had. Yeah, and, and 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 not not. I mean, listen, every 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 college football player's career and you know 99 percent of them end on a loss i mean there is one team that gets to raise a trophy at the end of the year so it was going to end at some point but i just, i don't know i just think that in and I, I i never ever want to talk negatively about coaches because that is their job they sit and evaluate for literally hours and hours and hours on end to put their kids in the best position to go make plays and I just, you know, to for have to, to go to overtime, which you know, again, kind of kind of rearing its ugly head. You know, I people are going to question, you know, defensively with with some real ponies up front, with a couple inside linebackers playing really well. Ryland loves to throw it up in there now. I mean, he does. Ryland or likes the, the physical aspect of the game, but you just you got to sit there and you go, okay, defensively, could we have been more aggressive at times, especially as the game's you know coming to an end. NDSU puts the ball in the end zone late, puts it into overtime, scores on, on a quick drive. Scottry Humphrey immediately comes back with a touchdown, and then, and, then, and then they put in a 6-8 defensive lineman to go block it and did in one. You know, and it's just like when, when it happened, all I'm, thinking, all I'm thinking was we've watched this all year. We've seen this all year. You, you know, and I, I, I mean, people are going to go, oh, we should have gone for two, really? Really? I mean, okay, you can make that argument, but uh, I mean, I don't know, just the, the kicking game. And I said this a couple years ago, and, and, and I actually tweeted it, and then I took it down because I felt bad. I do, I'm an old coach. I don't ever want, you know, I, but, but I said, in to, I don't know if you remember this, and maybe you and I talked about it. In today's day and age of, of football, where every different coach has a title of some kind, the pass game coordinator, the run game coordinator, the coordinator of you know high school relations. God, it's so I true. Just, I, I, everybody's got a title, and that, that's for a couple reasons. One, it, it makes everybody maybe have a little more self-worth, and two, everyone can make, maybe make a little more money if they're t- showing the administration, hey, they're the coordinator of this, the academic coordinator, you know, whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't, man, I just feel like special teams has been – just okay to average and at times poor in the last couple of years. That's just, that's just one dude's evaluation. I say that, and we're talking about a punter that was ph- ph- phenomenal this year, you know, 
for sure. But, but I mean, but, but Blake, Blake Lesnar, I mean, this is what's wrong with college football, man. I mean, we already talked about kids already jumping in the portal. We already talked, or we haven't, but you know, Matt rules, uh, you know, in front of the world saying, Hey, if you want a good quarterback in the portal, you're spending at least a million, probably upwards of two, sometimes more. I mean, what, that's where we're at. You know, Blake, Blake, Les, Blake Lesnar leaves the program to go be a backup. Wasn't he a backup this year, Coulter? Backup, he and he was, and he he he, he must have caught the plague of missed kicks at Montana State because he he got into games and he was two of seven, so he fell apart too. Yeah, you know, I I, I saw Isaiah. I said it was fun to see a bunch of those guys on Saturday. I saw Daniel and and, and you know Jeffrey Manning and all those guys were hanging out together, and um, you know, but even a guy like Isaiah who I recruited, and he, I mean, it was nice of him to say that he. He's telling people around like, "Hey, you know, I owe a lot to this guy. He, I wouldn't be here without him." Type of stuff. And I'm like, Isaiah, you could have le- left your mark on this program in a way that that most Bobcats never get to do slash do. He could have, and he's still he's still. I mean, in terms of the record books, he's still going to be known as one of the greats. But I mean, you got to go to Cal, not make a bowl, almost lose to Idaho. When, I mean, he, I know he got some turns, and when he did, he it looked like he had some decent, decent games at times. But yeah, I he just, rushed for three hundred sixty-five yards, seven touchdowns, and they went six and six. So, I mean, fine, not not oh, horrible, did, not great, just fine. Did 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 Cal get to make a bowl? I didn't see, man. I'm sorry. I don't know if you you know or not. I actually am not whatever. sure if they've accepted a bowl. I'm looking yeah. at their schedule right now. It does not have a schedule after the UCLA game. So they did win three straight down the stretch. They beat Wazoo, Stanford, and UCLA down the stretch to get to 500. Uh, and yeah. I'm unsure if they have made a bowl or not. Yeah. Well, whatever. I just yes, I just they have like... the Independence Bowl. Wow, on December 16th. Okay. Yeah, the old Independence Bowl. That that was that still in Shreveport. I wonder. It is uh, Shreveport, anyway, we're, we're, and uh, they're playing Texas Tech. A couple six and six squads. You know what's funny? Because I think this is there so pointless, go. and I'm still going to watch it. Of course, well, no question. I mean, I watch <laughs> them all too, or at least part, at least parts of them. I do. I watch them all, uh, all, all forty-eight of them, or whatever there is now. But yeah, man, it's uh, very disappointing. Uh, you know, just to to get a home game. And to play, and I know that had to crush Coach Vegan, who is born and raised in North Dakota. Oh man, played for North Dakota State, graduated from North Dakota State, got his crack into coaching at North Dakota State, left his alma mater to go with the guy that he had won national championships with at North Dakota State, and then to get him, you know, he's he's had him twice now, <laughs> and both in heartbreaking fashion, just different heartbreaking fashions, came on the wrong end of it. But I I just think I don't know. I think that they've got some, some real self-evaluation, you know, so, some self-scouting to do in the off-season, and they're going to be replacing some dudes. I mean, I, 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 I you know, obviously Sean Chambers, he's gone. Um, you know, is 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 the youngster, the big, the big kid from Texas. You know, is he the answer? Because he, because his skill set is so much different than Tommy and Sean's. I, I mean, he's a big, good-looking kid. I mean, there's no question. He and he throws a good ball. He's kind of got a low release for a six-six guy, but. I do love Jordan Reed and, and, and his potential, but I mean defensively, they they got a. I think they've got a good young group of DBs. I think they have to find a safety and a couple linebackers moving forward. D line should still be stout, even though they lose a couple ponies. Uh, but I mean, it, it, like any college season, you're going to lose dudes. I mean, it's how you replace them. I think overall they've recruited well, and that's that's part of the problem too. Is they've recruited well. Coach Choate recruited well. There's talent on this team. One could argue they're maybe the most talented 
team in 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 uh, the Big Sky, maybe one of the top five in the FCS, and that's why, you know, especially the last you know month or whenever Idaho, I don't remember exactly when the date of Idaho was. I think that was Halloween weekend. So, you know, the last basically month and a half has just been really really disappointing and frustrating for, for the Bobcat program. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Hi, I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, a seasoned litigator with over a decade of experience in Montana. Have you been injured in a car accident? If so, remember insurance companies want to give you as little money as possible. There's a reason why they have the biggest buildings in the largest cities. Don't let big insurance bully you. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today to see how I can help you get fair compensation for your injuries. The consultation's free and the fight's real. Well, for, to me, I think that there's a whole bunch. I mean, when you lose to the rival and, and then you, you lose what should have been a bounce-back game for you and you do it in heartbreaking, excruciating fashion, you're facing a long offseason. That's a fact of the matter. They are going to have a lot of questions to answer and a lot of things to think about throughout this offseason. And, you know, you, you can look at it two ways. Hey, the sky is falling, oh, poor us, or the other way and say, hey, you know, we've seen the elephant. I mean, that's the thing is Montana State lost to the national champion what, North Coast State three times in a row and then South Coast State last year, and then who knows how far this NDSU team has gotten, but they have seen exactly the bar up close and personal for five years in a row. This whole team has seen exactly you know what it what it takes to be a national champion, who is the national champion. So I think there's three main factors, though, that they got to deal with this offseason. First of all, Justin Udy is by title the special teams coordinator, but he's also the wide receivers coach, the passing game coordinator, and they, they all share sort of special teams duties. I think you got to iron that out because they were good punting, they were good in the kick game, and they were good in the return game. They were horrible in the field goal game. Bobby Houck always says, though, that field goal is an offensive operation. So maybe that falls on Taylor House right in the offensive staff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Montana State considers that or what they think of that, but Houck always says it's an offensive function, so maybe that's something that falls at their feet. Either way, they absolutely have to figure out how to make field goals and extra points. By the way, I told you about the 10 missed field goals. They also missed six extra points. It's, it's just... It's unacceptable when you're a high-scoring team like them. So that's number one. Number two, they got to keep the predators away. They got they got to figure out a way to shore up, shore it up and not have guys leaving for the portal. Now the offensive line, that's the spot where you're gonna have the most linear progression, right? Like Rush Reimer is gonna be able to go to an FBS. That I think that's no question. Omar Abidian is gonna be able to go to an FBS. Those guys are probably gonna get money to go to those places. So. I don't really know what you do to mitigate that, but they got to make sure they hold on to their defensive guys, especially their defensive linemen, and they got to make sure they hold on to their running backs and anybody else that might do it. I think they'll be okay. I think it's just the lines that you got to worry about when it comes to the uh, the portal. And then I think the third thing is they just have to do some soul searching. And I think that that's one thing that Brent Vegan has proven that he's really good at is acknowledging what went wrong, addressing it directly, and fixing it. Uh, but they definitely. I mean, he 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 made a couple comments in that post game where he said, "Hey, there was some stuff that happened internally that completely held us back from doing what we want to do." He didn't elaborate on that, but they got to kill that kind of stuff. They had an off season full of distractions last year, and I don't think that 
I don't think that helped them in any form or fashion this year. And uh, I just think that they have to they have to squelch all that. So they they got to look in the mirror. They got to figure out how to get back to a national championship level, and they got to keep the predators away. Totally. And I just want to go back to the special teams thing real quick. I want to say I want to say this. I think Justin Udy is a really good coach. I think I think he, I think he works really hard at it, and he and and you know, wearing both hats is not an easy thing to do, even though a lot of the times you, you do wear both hats. You are a position coach and also the special teams coach. Sometimes they divvy it up amongst the staff, meaning, uh, you know, Bobby Daly would have the punt team and Justin Udy would have the punt return. You know what I mean? And, and so they divvy that up. I do think Coach Udy does a great job. I disagree with Bobby Houck. And, I, and listen, I've worked with Bobby a long time. You know I respect the heck out of Bobby Houck. I disagree that because I know I know he says it's an offensive play. A, ki- a kicker is not an offensive player. Okay? That's right. They don't bring they they don't bring in big wings, uh, you know, from, from defensive ends and stuff. Uh, the, the, those guys, defensive ends aren't offensive players. Okay, it, it is it is very much a, a special teams play. And I actually saw the replay of Keaton Guillory and and, and RJ's uh, radio cast, and RJ said something which which really hit home to me because. Fundamentally, there's a problem. It, 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 is, it, is, it is very much a snap kick or snap hold kick, you know, boom, boom, go. And I think totally. structurally there's an issue. There's an issue. So now whether that's personnel-wise or schematically, they have to get it evaluated because it didn't matter. I, I can't – well, no, I, I'll big, you know, big 6-9 got, got one or two at minimum blocked as well. So I think structurally there is an issue. Now, again, structurally or, or, or personnel-wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the, what you, and, and again, I think, I think sometimes fans love to fabricate things too. Like why isn't Sean Chambers playing more? He's the best player, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe, maybe he, maybe he wasn't running at a hundred percent, you know, the last, last month. Well, that's and, right. And I can confirm this now because he's, he's, he's a, a senior. I mean, he, he was playing with a, uh, uh, severely injured. I don't know if it was torn or was really pulled, but he had a really injured quad and you saw that on that last yes. run when he pulled up lame. Yes. And so he's been hurt, yes. man. Yes. And you, you could tell it. And obviously you got to be careful just as, as to what exactly is, is, um, shared when you're not out for the season. And, um, you know, so again, I think sometimes the public, the fan base likes to, to fabricate different things, but the bottom line is you had, there was a very talented football team that, you know, lost two of its last four, five or whatever it was. And heart had a heartbreaker against the number one team. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, shoot. There were some really, <laughs> Hey, I was a part of some really, really good, uh, Bob, uh, um, uh, uh Montana Grizzly teams that lost home games at home too. It sucks. I mean, it's awful because that's what you work so hard for is to get those home games, home games. Cause you got a great home field advantage. I mean, shoot, just look at the dang attendance from this last weekend. Who, who, who dominated the attendance, the treasure state, Missoula, right. Missoula in a, in a dang apocalyptic snowstorm. And, and, and Bozeman had over 17, almost 18, you know? So frustrating way to lose again i think i think coach vegan does a heck of a job i i think he's the right guy for the job i think there's just you know like hey any off season whoever wins the the national championship what do you think they spend all off season doing too you know <laughs> we're getting 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 more players try any more in today's age trying to keep the ones you got on your team working them out and self-scouting that's what you do so tell me about this dynamic most of the cats best players 
Tommy Mallott, Brody Greeby, Sebastian Valdez, Rylan Ort, you know, Drew Polidor, you know, the entire offensive line, Marcus Weir, I guess is the best one coming back. Marcus Weir and Justice Perkins are the top two returning guys. You know, Taco Dollar, uh, Londiata Alexander, the, all of them are juniors going into their senior year. So, I mean, can this be a motivating thing for these guys? Because this has been the class that they built this whole thing around since they were freshmen. Yes, yes. And so here, here's, here's what you need to see. You don't want to see all this kumbaya, you know, I was texting you last night because it drives me crazy, right? When, when, when kids come into a program, it's hashtag blessed and honored. When they leave, they're, they're talking about, oh, I owe this much to this person, and thank you so much to the community, and blah, blah, blah. That being said, I'm quitting. I'm quitting on you. God, it's so ironic, right? You're like, oh, I owe my great friends and all this community and all these coaches that mean so much to me. I'm shitting all over you. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, so, that, so you just mentioned all, that all those upperclassmen, and when you say they're juniors, most of them have been in the dang program four and five years now. That's what's crazy. Not all, not all. But they need to say, you know what? You don't want to be here? Go. No, 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 you know, great ride and, you know, homeboy for life. Just go. You're, you're quitting. Go. Go away. Don't come back. And that, that, that's what needs to happen. Enough of this 2023, everybody's buddy and friendship. If, if you don't want to be here, get the hell out. Totally agree. Can't agree more. Uh, thoughts on the Grizz? I mean, they just keep on rolling, man, and now all of a sudden here they are with home field through the rest of the playoffs. I don't really know how you come into Missoula and win when it's in December. Uh, obviously, it's possible. We we both know it's happened before. It's happened. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's. I mean, it, I, it, you know what I love too is just these historical, you know, these old school matchups. I mean, Delaware just. Delaware, who's had a great run at times in, in, in 1AA and FCS, and now they're moving up. And now you get Furman, a rematch of the 01 championship game. It's so cool. I mean, I bet, I bet you're just freaking giddy as a little schoolboy uh, getting to cover some of this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, Furman has just as far to go as, as Delaware. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if it'll – I mean, shoot, I turned on that game Saturday night, and you're like, whoa, this changed in a hurry. And – but yeah, I mean Clifton McDowell is is just a dude. I mean it, Del- Delaware did some good things. It just kind of I'm air quoting or, or or no pun intending, kind of snowballed them, snowballed on them in a hurry because it's not like they were completely inept. Like the score almost isn't you know in, indicative of of statistically what you saw rushing and passing the football. Uh, but yeah, good good on Montana, good on Coach Hauken, and just the job he and his staff continue to do and. Good night. I mean, it's down to eight, and they're very, very much. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not into the odds and all that stuff. And Montana Sportsbook might be the biggest highway robbery in the history of, of gambling, if you want the truth. The way lines move to start start the week and end the week. But um, yeah, they're 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 rolling, man. I mean, they are flat rolling. I think defensively, they've got an attitude, and not not a chip, but but they play like they got a chip, you know, <laughs> like, and I, and I love it. I mean, I, I loved watching it in person. Uh, I love watching it on TV. And then, and then, and then what, what, what are they doing since, since kind of the turning point, right? They're running the dang football culture. They're running the ball and, and running it successfully and keep, keep with that menu, keep with that recipe and, and, and keep getting that big, 
I mean, he, he, his shoulder, the way his shoulder pads and helmet fit, I always have to chuckle when I see Cliff McDowell. It's like, there's just something looks off here, but the guy is a freaking stud running the ball and, and, and uh, effective. And then obviously that, that kid he's handing the ball off to now, what a, what a great player he's turned out to be. And so, and, and then, yeah, keep get, keep getting dudes like Junior Bergen and, and I mean, keep getting all their athletes involved early and often. It, it, it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, they're 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 running hot right now, Coulter, no doubt. Well, here's a, I'll leave you with this. Uh, there's a good stat for you. Under Bobby Houck, there he is. Twelve seasons now with the Grizz. They have lost playoff games at home, but when they lost, when you guys lost in the first round to Western Illinois in overtime, that was the first round game. Same with Cal Poly in 2005, Wofford in 2007. The only home playoff game in the month of December that Bobby Houck has ever lost was in 2006. When UMass came in and won nineteen to seventeen in the semis. Other than that, the Grizz are uh, undefeated at home in December with Bobby Houck as the head coach. So that is a uh, it's a pretty good statistic, and I think it shows you once Coach Houck gets it rolling, and then once the weather turns and people co- start coming back from Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden that you build the momentum. I mean, University of Montana has been pouring advertising money in with us at ESPN Radio and Skyline Sports across the board because they want this thing packed, and it's going to be packed. And I just think that that's. It's so quintessentially Montana. It's something that the university has needed so badly for so long, and now they finally got it back. Yeah, and and let's just go back a little bit because I, I think you'd have to agree with me. We, we weren't very good in '03 and '05. We were good, not great. '04, we had a heck of a run, and then after the '05 is is when we did that. That that that's you know that that Wofford game was a heartbreaker mostly because we were pretty good. I mean, we were good and we were loaded with dudes and a bunch of dudes that went on and played in the NFL for a long time. Uh, the UMass, the UMass game was a heartbreaker. We got to let it, let that get away from us. And I think that was kind of not, not long before they made the jump to, to the FBS, which is just atro- atrocious in ever since, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, to your point, I mean, Washington Grizz isn't an easy place to come play in September, let alone totally. September, especially when you're from freaking high. I'm in Delaware or, I mean, where's Furman? Outside of Atlanta? Greenville, South Carolina, right? baby. Or South South Carolina. That's right. I apologize. Uh, I was way off. I just go north a little bit. Um Anyway, yeah, it's it'll be it'll be rocking. I mean, the, 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 the but the fan base knows too. Like they know they don't call them the North End Zone crazies for. I mean, they know they know that they have an impact on the game because as as, as proud and tra- tradition rich as a place like Furman is, they don't play in front of crowds like that ever unless they go play Alabama or you know somebody in the SEC. And, and frankly, I mean, you listen to some of these kids, and you've heard the Tony Romos over the year. They'll say it after a press conference. Never been in a stadium like that. Never felt energy and in, 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 uh, you know, I mean that that's that's high praise, dog. Really high praise. When a kid that played at Penn State earlier in the year is saying, yeah, not even close. So, they, they you know that that fan base has got a job to do, and they I think they know that, and they'll do it. He's Ty Gregorak. He joins us each week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Hey, make sure to watch the Big or the uh, the uh, Montana and Idaho games. Hey, eh? so we can do it again next week. Sound good? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, hey, Idaho's still in. Nice job by them. I yeah, mean, for what, sure. What happened? They, they let their dudes make plays. Uh, too bad for Andy and Sac State. And I got to ask you this really quick, and I know you got to go. I got to go, man. We both got real lives and, and stuff to do. Just give me a 
quick snapshot of, of the final four at FBS. What, give me your, I don't know if you talked about it yesterday. Do you, what do you think? Oh man, I, I understand why Florida State's mad. I think Georgia has no room to be mad because if you just go winning against Alabama, which I mean, easier said than done, but you lost your most recent game. So that, yeah, I think Georgia has no case. If I'm Florida State, I'm super pissed. But I also just don't know who you you bump out of there because Texas has played so well down the stretch to get up in there, and uh, Washington's undefeated even though they're by the skin of their teeth for freaking two months straight, and you know Michigan's undefeated and Alabama just beat Georgia. So I don't know. I mean, if I was Florida State, maybe you're arguing against Alabama, but how do you bump Alabama out when they just beat Georgia? How do you leave the SEC out of the playoffs? You can't. Michigan absolutely surefire deserves to be in there. Washington surefire deserves to be in there. And if you're Georgia and Florida State, I don't know how you argue that you deserve in over Texas or uh, over Alabama. The only thing, that, this, this is what made me ask it because of last night. So Doug Peterson has done a hell of a job with the Jags. And I'd love to get your, your uh, Coach, Coach Morningwig's opinion on this ne- next Monday. But, Co- but Coach Peterson, because I know he said he worked with him and, and knows him, but they've really turned it around. And, and so would you, would, if, if, if the Jags deserve to go to the playoffs, but Trevor Lawrence can't be the quarterback, do they not get to go to the playoffs? That's a great Does that point. sense, Coulter? I mean, for, for, for the committee to answer those questions like that in regards to the starting quarterback, that, that's, that is not right. It's not right, okay? man. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't think Texas and Alabama are, are a couple of the best teams. But my goodness, to look at a 13-0 undefeated Florida State who won the ACC and beat the likes of Duke, and I know Clemson's not great, but did, and LSU early in the season, I don't know. And for, you know, They're not the same team as they were through the first 11 weeks. You're right. They just won two more. They're 13-0 now. So that's where I have an issue with it. When I watched that game last night, and Trevor Lawrence, who's kind of having his coming out party as a former Heisman Trophy and first pick guy, uh, you know, he goes down with the ankle. I mean, if he's done, but the Jags deserve record-wise to be in the playoffs, they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, anyway, I, I, I don't know. It just looks, to me, it's a bad look. And, uh, you know, you want to, I mean, a, four, a four-team playoff was always kind of set up for, for, for people to be like, huh? Because there's five power five conferences, you know? So, anyway, I'm uh, I got a job to do, man. I got to go work and baby needs shoes. I got to feed the family culture. Well, let's talk next week. Sounds great. Thanks for being here, man. All right, buddy. Take care. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, Our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. It's winter, and you know what that means for me? I think I'm the only one. Maybe I'm not. It's grilling season, baby. I love it. And my meats, I got to get them tasting as good as I possibly can. Help me out. What am I going to use to make my meats taste great. You're not the only one, Gus. I think a lot of people in Montana enjoy grilling Got outside. To. Got to. Even if we've had our first snow, it doesn't mean you can't still hit the barbecue. Just ask Gus. He's grilling outside. It's one of his favorite things to do during the fall, the winter, the spring, and the summer. And if you're looking for to get your meats right on the barbecue, you need to get yourself some Alpine Touch. Now offering customized Grand Slam p- packages with branding of all your favorite college sports teams, Alpine Touch is your go-to for spicing up your life this time of year or any time of year. 
Whether you're grilling on your new back deck like Gus or spicing up your recent hunting accomplishments or getting it done at your tailgates, Alpine Touch is the flavorful addition you need. Available at retail locations around the state or at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Well, my ears are pierced because we just watched Lady Grizz basketball matinee in front of 6,000 school children. Do you remember that when you were playing? Did you ever like wander through the, the Dahlberg Arena when that was going down? No, I didn't eat that. Today, I saw that on social yeah. media. That was my first time finding out about that. That's a smart idea. Bring all the school kids down there. You get a yeah. sellout in the middle of the week on a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. So, Sammy Kim, former Grizz wide receiver, with us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Okay, so we're going to get into all the FCS playoff stuff, but I want to ask you, and I think I already know the answer to this. What's what was the most devastating loss of your college career? Come on now. Yeah, I, I already know the answer. <laughs> I already know the answer. Come on now. Sort of- well, okay, it's kind of up in the air because JMU hurt because I got hurt and it you was the end hurt, of my season, right? And it ended your season and ended your career, career, right? Yeah. But 2018 hurt because selfishly, I had a really good game, right? And then Again, the, we're talking, of course, the rivalry, the game. rivalry, yep. the miracle of Missoula. I'm doing the air quotes right now. For anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the funniest uh, Twitter. Somebody was like, so is then is 2021 the massacre in Missoula? And 2023 the meltdown in Missoula? What are we calling the next ones? What's the sequel called? No, but definitely probably 2018 for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was a shock to, as I've been in a football game. I just I just thought of that because. Man, the agony and ecstasy of sports is just so crazy. Back-to-back games, watching Montana State lose to North Coast State and watching North Coast State celebrate, never been so high in their lives, and then the Cat guys were just beside themselves, just laying on the field crying, came and handled it. And then you see the same thing in the Idaho-Southern Illinois game. It's wild. Yes, because on Montana State's standpoint, that all happened like this. Oh, for sure. They scored. They're like, yes, we scored. We tied it up. Then they missed the kick, and it's like, wait. What happened? Our season's over. Right. The North Coast State guys didn't even know what to do. Like when the guy blocked it, he's pointing at his arm because nobody knew what happened. And then they're all running in circles. Nobody could find anybody to celebrate with. It was it was hilarious. It, yeah. it was uh, cool to see on the North Coast State side. And then also you're just like, whoa, what a terrible way for the cat season to end. Just, and it's like what we talked about last week. Where it's like yeah. now you look back at the season, it's like, Ugh. right. Well, I mean, let's start there then. I mean, to have it end like that. Lose at Idaho, lose to Montana, and then lose at home in the playoffs. So that's the worst case scenario. For and South Dakota State. Exactly. I mean, but those three in the last five. Yeah. It's it's a lot of bad downward momentum into the offseason. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, how do you spin this? Like, I think if you use it as a motivating factor, it could be a motivating factor. But they have a lot of questions to answer and a lot of noise to block out this offseason. And a lot of holes to fill. For They've sure. already lost three linemen, right? That's right. And then, I mean, a litany of other players – I'm sure, but man, I mean, first off, you got to figure out how to improve your defense is what I feel like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of holes on that defense. You know, they got good. They're really good up front, really good on the D line, on the D line. And they have some decent, some good linebackers. But I feel like once you get past there, it's like, and I really like Rylan or in my breakdown. I talked about him a lot. He plays in the box. He's always around the football, but it's like in terms of coverage and being able to stop guys on the back end in the pass game. I think they got to figure that out. They they need somebody to emerge because they, they fixed their corner depth because they only had like two corners, basically all of 2022. Yeah, they played a lot this year. Didn't they, they played like five this year, but they need two guys to be elite. Yeah. You know, they need, instead of just a whole bunch of okay guys and you're just yeah. rotating the guys that aren't playing bad. Like that's, that's <laughs> not how you want to do it. Yeah. I also wonder 
you know, I run this four two five, and the nickel is kind of like he plays in the box, and the strong safety plays in the box sometimes too. Yeah, Caden Dowler coming back will help him because he's a way bigger body at that nickel spot. He can play in the box a little more, but I just wonder if you just move Ort to the nickel spot and, and do it like they did with Ty Okada last yes. few years. I don't know how Ty Okada was in coverage. I didn't. I haven't. I haven't seen too much of him. Yeah. But with that, um, I don't know if you want to put somebody in coverage that's primarily a safety, primarily somebody who you're wanting to tackle just because you right. want to get them to the box because right. that leads to teams then creating matchups. Like right. if you watch this NDSU game, I broke this down. They ran the first touchdown NDSU scored. They motioned number zero from trips yep. to the single side of the yep. field. So who follows him? Or uh, yeah, they run a easy fallout route yeah. and it's a touchdown. Right. So it's like, I'm not saying that or can't do it. Right. But it's like, if that's not his strength, you don't sure. necessarily want to put him on an island in the nickel. Sure. Where you have inside left. They can go inside. They can go outside. Like, the nickel is hard. That's why you put some of your better cover corners at the nickel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, one of the biggest places they're deep. I think the thing, the two things that they their defense has regressed in, in terms of personnel, is I think you need – their linebackers are, like, good box linebackers. They can tackle yeah. their physical. Coverage. But they're, but they're, they're short – stocky guys that are they don't have range and they're they're yeah. just average fast not i mean you look capable above average fast but he's not yeah. elite fast i mean it's the same defense that ndsu's run forever and when you have that when you have a jabril cox or yes. you know like a, uh who is the other really good nick deluca like guys that can just run side, or like Montana state when you have troy anderson it covers yeah. up a lot of stuff <laughs> right that's and one but, thing that jumped out to me too is ndsu speed on defense yeah the way they get sideline to sideline sure. man I'm sorry. Go on. No, it's it, it's it's totally true. I, I thought that was another fascinating part of that game too. Was how much there was such a chess match because they're so familiar with each other. Yeah, both teams ran stuff that I hadn't really seen them run. That I mean, NDSU's doing a lot of matchup stuff in the past game, like yeah. you were talking about. The Cats were blitzing a bunch, which they don't really. The Cats didn't blitz yeah. all year, so yeah, yeah, it's it interesting to see sort of the the back and forth. But that's all to say that if you're Montana State. Yeah, first of all, you got to stop the bleeding. You got to figure out a way to, to keep as many of those guys there as possible yeah. with all the portal stuff that's going on. Then I think you got to figure out how to say, hey, we just lost to. I mean, they've seen the team that they need to beat five or six years in a row in the yeah. playoffs, right? They lost to NDSU three times in a row and then lost to South Dakota State and then lost to NDSU again. They know, yeah. they know where the measuring stick is, right? Now they just got to figure out how to use it to get better. So here's know. my question. Vegan started off on a hot streak, you know, he went did. to the Natty. Then last year, what was their record? Uh, last year they were good. They won 12 games again 12. last year. Okay, so then last year, they've been good, pretty good every yeah, year. 12 but games, like, back-to-back years, and then eight games this year. I don't I don't want to start a narrative of like fire Vegan or anything like that because he's been a phenomenal coach. They've been way better. I mean, record-wise, regular season record-wise, they've sure. been better than they have been against Choate, except Choate was the Grizz Slayer, so that's, that's why right. everybody holds him up yep. high. Yep. But how is the feeling about uh, – Vegan at this point. I think it's a huge year next year. Yeah. Because all their best players on this year's team even are juniors. Yeah. Sebastian Valdez, Brody Greeby, Tommy Mallott. So next year's the year. Danny Ula Capa, Rylan Ort. Like they're all the, all the whole offensive line. They're all yeah. juniors. So next year, it's got to be the year. Yeah. And then I think you have to analyze it from a program perspective and see, you know, where you're at talent-wise. Because Vegan has done a really good job of adding the right type of transfers. You get a mm-hmm. guy like Ty McCullough, you get a guy like Sean Chambers. Those guys are impact transfers that yeah. fit in pretty well. But where do, it's going to take a minute to see how the other stuff's going. Because by and large, even, you know, all those juniors I just named, Valdez, Blake Schmidt, Rody Greeby, those guys are all Choate recruits. Yeah. 
it's going to take a minute to see how Vegan's recruited from a non-transfer perspective. His transfer yeah. stuff's been good. How does he do yeah. otherwise? So I don't. I, I just think there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think that's the number one factor for Montana State, though, just from a pure program perspective, is that when Rob Ash was the head coach, they got it rolling, and they won three Big Sky titles in a row. And yeah. then they couldn't meet that standard anymore, and they regressed, and he got fired. Yeah. Choke comes in and burns it all to the ground, and they, they, you know, they just were like, "We're just gonna completely rebuild." And yeah. they were four and seven year one, but they won in Missoula, yeah. and so it gave, <laughs> it gave them a whole off season worth of being like, "Hey, we had a good year, even though they didn't. They yeah. only won two Big Sky games, right?" Yeah. And but then, the, but then, okay, the next year you go six and five. The next year you're in the playoffs. The next year yeah. you go to the semis, and you keep yeah. building it. Gives you a lot of leeway. Well, the building part is not. That's not what it is at Montana State anymore. Now it's like we're here. We're a top four, top five team in the country. How we do want we to compete every year? How do we get over the top? Yeah, that's the next thing. So we'll see. We'll see if, if Brett Vegan and that staff can get them over the top. Man, how do you? Okay, I want to ask you one more thing. I know I've been sure. asking. No, I love person. it. I love it. Okay. Sean Chambers. How long do you think he's been injured like that for? Man, because you could tell he, he, it was so he's a, visible. He's got a busted quad. Like on the one he broke up the sidelines, he he's scores like, that if he's not yes. gimping. But he was yeah, totally gimping. I mean, I think he's been hurt like that for a little while. You think that's why he hasn't been playing? Or you I think, think I think that's I think he hasn't been practicing that much, and then that's uh, what's made him not trust him enough to play. That's so tough. I mean, we're looking at a freaking first team All Conference guy. And he barely sees the field. It just I know. Ugh. It's brutal. Brutal. The other thing they gotta figure out is well, first of all, they gotta get Tommy Malott back healthy, and then they yeah. gotta figure out a way how to make the make sure this kid doesn't leave. Make, I mean, he's just gonna just be ground to dust at this point, man. Like yeah. you have that terrible injury against North Coast State in the national championship game, you have to have surgery. Yeah. Last year you get hurt twice. You got all these head injuries. You bang your head again at South Dakota State, but Chambers is hurt, so they keep you in the game, and wow. you're just looking. You know, it's not good. And yeah. then this. I mean, I'm hearing some serious stuff. This is definitely surgery. This is definitely like. I mean, a you long look recovery. at it, and it looks so nasty. So nasty, man. And so, first of all, they got to get him back. And if they do, I think they just got to figure out a way to keep him more healthy. I don't know how you do that. I mean, how do you do that? Because you want the ball in his hands all yeah. the time, right? Yeah, I I am a full believer in playoff Tommy at this point. That right? dude. I mean, he had a good regular season. Let's, uh, he was first team, second team? Second team. Second team. Second team he had a good Jemima season McCoy. statistically, but it's like when you watch him in the – I mean, that playoff game, I was just like, this dude is putting the ball on the money. For sure. He threw a, th- a throw to uh, Cleveland Thomas yeah. uh, on a post on a rope. For sure. Right in Cleveland Th- I mean, gosh, I can't say enough. This dude balled out. He balled out, man. And it shows you like when they actually let him read defenses a little bit and go through his progressions, He he's a legitimately good quarterback. I know it's like the endless argument in Montana. Yeah. Is Tommy Watt actually a good quarterback or just a good athlete? He's he a is a good quarterback, <laughs> man. He is. He's a he good quarterback. You. If he makes that throw up the seam like he did in that game where if when they go man and he throws it up the seam to either the slot or like the, the field side guy, yeah. man. They're unstoppable. Yeah. When he runs RPO and then pulls it and then throws it on a rope, like you're saying, like that skinny post to Thomas makes their offense unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was, man, I was very impressed. It's so tough to, in terms of like the, how do you keep him healthy though? Because it's not like the Joe Burrow thing where they're just bad on the offensive line. They haven't been able to keep him upright. Yeah. It's wild right now. Inflation is, it's persistent too. It's not like it was just, you know, last 2021, you kept hearing the term transitory inflation, yeah. and it wasn't even like this. And today, like this, this in the last six months, it wasn't even close. It was like four to five percent, eight, nine percent inflation. It's pretty wild. And the last reading was interesting too because gas prices had actually come down, so that wasn't that wasn't so much of it. But mostly right now, what it is, and actually 
auto car costs have come down too. So that's one. Usually, the biggest source of inflation is fuel prices and the cost of cars. And both of the, both of those last month actually retreated, and our number was still really high. And so right now, it's just simply the cost of food and some yeah. you know other goods. But so to cult to your point, Coulter, if you that's the importance of maintaining the habits for the money to go strategically strategically to places that are going to behoove you first, because it just limits how much money you have to spend on stuff. And right. in today's world, it is so easy. You know, financial technology is awesome, but it also makes it really easy to, to take out the card, spend, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, 20 bucks on this, that, or the other thing, which are all good things. Buying your coffee in the morning, none of those are bad things. But the more that uh, it's in today's world with inflation the way it is and the headwinds that we see in the economy, uh, cash is going to be king. And so the more that we can just protect our pocketbook right now, the better our clients are going to be positioned moving into 2023, which is you know, you're starting to see, again, I was actually laughing with the client earlier this morning. You know, you listen to 10 different economists and 10 different, or five will say that the we're at the bottom of the market. Five will say we're, we're 10 or 15, you know, percentage points from the bottom of the market or more. So who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball, but there certainly is headwinds coming down the pike. So in, in different parts of the country, the real estate market is, has fallen by 20 to 30%. Uh, we're in a little bit of a, a bubble here. In, or I shouldn't say bubble. We're, ins- we're always insulated slightly in Montana or at least 12 to 18 months behind the curve on those sorts of, uh, those sorts of movements. So we'll feel it. I still see a ton of building going on. I still see a ton of contractors extremely busy. People are still busy spending money here in Montana. But in general... As we move into 2023, cash is going to be king. So the more and more our clients and our people can protect their pocketbook and just be diligent about where money's going first in terms of savings and earnings and, uh, you know, if it's real estate or if it's savings account or if it's investment accounts, if those places get the attention first, then it just limits where dollars can go elsewhere. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. All the time that Tommy gets hurt is when he's running around crazy, but you don't want to reel that in because that's what makes him special, you know? I'll say this, and after I know this after watching the game, and I, I talked about this in my breakdown, they should stop. They should have stopped running that z- z- uh, zone read during For the sure. game. I think that's what he got hurt on yeah. on that third, on that third right. and one. Right. But NDSU was... I mean, you can't get around the edge like that on NDSU. That's right. I mean, they were just showing you every play after play. It started early. Right. Tommy tries to pull it, and usually, like, man, I wish, man. So there was this play. The DN, you know, usually you read the DN, the DN sure. comes down, yep. and Tommy pulls it. He's around the edge. Yep. He did that against NDSU, and the DN, it's like the, the guy baited him. Right. He was like, pull it, now I'm on you. Right. And it, I mean, I just think they knew what to expect from Montana State. I mean, they played them year in and year out. That's but right. also it's like – Man, that zone read was not going anywhere. See, I agree with you. If it's if it's me, I'm running RPO stuff and and rolling him out. Mm-hmm. But like the inside zone zone read or like the quarterback power stuff that they run, I'm scrapping that. Yeah, you don't need to use him as your running back. Yeah, that's the part where they were so flawed. It might be because Chambers hurt or whatever. Whatever the reason was, though. For that gun run stuff where they go, like when they go empty and then they just run like quarterback outside zone, basically. Yeah. yeah. 
have Chambers be that guy, man. Because yeah. it's a great play. You're going to get six to eight yards. He's the bigger body, too. Let the bigger body. Like, yeah. you just need to take the hits off of Tommy. Like, Because, yeah. you know, if he's running it 20 times in a game, eight of them are all these inside zone stuff. I just think they got to get rid of that. Yeah. Let him make up for the for it by scrambling around or running waggle or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. To me, it felt like the NDSU run game was more feast or famine. It's true. It. Like, yeah. they were either getting maybe five to ten or it was a 60-yard touchdown. It's so interesting how that's been, how it has been against both Montana and Montana State. Like their run game? Yeah, like last year, remember, against the Grizz, the Grizz had it bottled up, bottled up, and yeah. then they popped like two big ones, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened and they hit like three more big ones. Yeah. And they ended up with like 400-plus yards rushing. But Sheesh. if you take away the, you know, I mean, of course you can't take it away, but if you yeah. take away the, the, the 450 yarders, it was yeah. like the Grizz did a good job. It's the yeah. same thing with the Cats. Cats did a great they job. They did a really good job. Except for... The, the 75 the yarder and the 50 yarder and the 29 yarder, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it, it's so weird because I was watching that game and I'm like, they're both playing fairly good defense, but it's right. like, there's it a 35 34 right, game. Right, at the right. End of the- <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's, it was funny to, to, to analyze all that. Well, at the end of the day, NDSU is moving on to Montana State. Still figuring out uh, a, lot, a bunch of questions to answer. So, we'll see. I mean, I think that the. The new domino in the fold is Jeff Choke getting hired at Nevada, man. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be recruiting some of those guys. Oh yeah, Brody Greeby, for sure, man. Man, who wouldn't want that guy? No, for sure. He's there was a, a play he didn't run down the running back number twenty two, but I mean the effort and the oh. hustle. I mean, you can tell the dude cares, and oh, I respect cares. the hell out of that. Like, man. Oh, he's. It's gonna be so fascinating to see what his projections are at the next level yeah because he's a he's a next level athlete for sure he's got you know the explosiveness and the numbers he, he's got he's a little stiff in terms of like a, an nfl dn and that's yeah. not a criticism of greeby it's just like those guys are just freaks yeah the bend and everything right but i just wonder if somebody like tries him like like a teddy brewski or something like moves him to inside linebacker yeah. and has him lose just a little weight because his his uh his straight, line, his straight line speed is tremendous, and oh, he's yeah. really explosive. He's got great vertical, great horizontal, all that stuff. He plays at 255. If he played at 240, yeah, and they just taught him how to run sideline to sideline. I mean, he's a small school football guy, too, so he's used to that. You know, yeah. like he played eight man, so he can like just run all around. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because I, I just think that his measurables are going to be up there. NFL caliber. It's just so hard to play edge or D-end in the NFL. That's the premium right now. I mean, for sure. And, like, you look at something, I mean, like... Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett and Nick <laughs> Bosa, like, these guys aren't even humans, you know? Like, you're talking, like, 6'7", 295, right? yeah. four, five, five. Like, oh, what yeah. are we even talking about? It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sammy and are on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, how about the Grizz game? Unbelievable. Uh, it, it's crazy to me how the Grizz can play just kind of all right, opportunistic. I mean, they played opportunistically on offense. Yeah. They played good, but not like crazy on defense. Yeah. But if you throw in a defensive touchdown and you throw in a special teams big play that leads to a touchdown yeah. and you add the elements and the night game and, and, the, and the snow and a safety, you just kill them. You run them yeah. right out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, I said this on the radio too, and I was kind of critical. Not too critical. Ace told me I wasn't too critical either, but I felt like the game was pretty sloppy, man. Well, the second half on. was just kind of a slog, right? The Cause slog because it was it was just slow. But the first half, like the first drive, throwing the interception, the second drive, Eli comes out and fumbles it, and then you know we missed the wide open seam to Junior, which would have been a touchdown. It just I felt like there was some sloppy play going on. But when I looked back and reflected on what I had said and just like watched the game over, I'm like, man, like. 
this was a domination. 49 to 13. I mean, I don't care what how you slice it. 49 to 13 is a domination. That's right. For sure. And I just had to come to that realization and and not be too critical because, you know, I mean, a win is a win. And we're in the playoffs now. So it's like you don't want to overthink it. We won and we move on to the next round, you know. So I I was texting with um, a loyal listener of ours and uh, he was talking. He's, he's a fan. So he's got a fan mentality. And he yeah. was like. Well, you know, I'm looking at Furman, and they got a lot of speed on defense. They run sideline to sideline, and they're giving up 17 points per game. He's like, I just worry. I'm worried about Friday night, man. I'm worried about it. I think it's going to be a slugfest. And I was just like, man, what's happening right now is just so reminiscent of what it was like back in the day. Yeah. I just really don't think any of that stuff matters. Everybody was so critical of the Grizz. And I, and I just think, like, the Grizz are just rolling that yeah. it doesn't matter like yeah. i really don't think that okay this 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 and this are gonna go could go wrong it doesn't matter yeah they're not gonna not show up they're not gonna fold in the moment they're not gonna get out coached period yeah so they're gonna have a ch- and if you then you put the game on national tv under the lights at washington <sighs> grizzly stadium in the middle of the winter man i just don't know how you come here and win man i really yeah. don't i'm not trying to count the chickens before they hatch but i'd bet the farm that they're gonna win on friday yeah. then, then the tre- test is gonna come in the semis because you're going to have to probably slay the dragon. You're going to yeah. have to probably beat Let's the, be real. <laughs> the perennial champion. That That's going to be the deal is when North Coast State comes to town. Yeah. I'm not trying to overlook this Furman game, but I, if a team from Greenville, South Carolina, comes in here, I think the only ways that they win is if the Grizz just puke the ball over the field and yeah. don't show up. But I just can't see that happening. They don't yeah. have a turnover problem. Cliff already got his one snow interception yeah. out of the way. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I just I w- I just think that last week was a great example of it. They don't have to play that well to to just completely kill the teams that are coming in here. Right. And and one thing I I try not to use this as a reasoning, but I mean it is the playoffs. And I was looking no, at the, for sure. I was looking at the SoCon. And I'm like, man, like the comp just. I mean, you look at Mercer against South Dakota State, blown out, forty one nothing, out. Yeah. And then who else? UT Chattanooga. They one of the better teams in the SoCon, and they didn't even look like. I mean, if you watch that game back, they aren't even trying to push the ball down the field right they're just trying to stick it into the run game and then who else is in the socon who was uh, western good this carolina year? western carolina good. but they fell off late in the season too yeah they did for sure uh, you know i mean i hate to make the competition argument like the big sky is better than the socon but like you look at the conference it, no it just like, really is though yes like when you watch even like the middle of the road big sky teams like northern arizona and weber uh, weber uc davis yeah. portland state yeah they're all better than what the SoCon games I've watched. Like, <laughs> think about—I mean, Dante Sachery would be the best, the best offensive player in the SoCon. Right? Oh yeah, right. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's not—that's not us being biased towards the big no. That's just true, man. Us looking with our no, eyes, for sure. And like those, the running backs for like Portland State would be so good in the yeah. SoCon. You know, yeah. like all those receivers from NAU, like those guys are ripping up the SoCon yeah. if they're in the SoCon. And I just—I I agree with you, man. I, there's no when I watch FCS football, there's two types of watching it. You're watching the Big Sky in the Missouri Valley, or you're watching everybody else. <laughs> real for real, man. I just I really that. just don't. And think you that do it. get that feel when you turn the games on. You turn a Big yes. Sky Missouri Valley game on, you're like, oh, let's go. Right. And then for you sure. turn a SoCon Pioneer, see maybe even CAA. I might put in with the, for sure. the Big Sky Missouri Valley. A couple Valley. of the top CAA teams. A couple for of them sure, top. Yeah. But then even I mean even that you turn them on, you're like, ah. I mean, I'm not gonna go down a list of things that I could go down, but man, yeah, it. I definitely feel what you're saying with that. So we'll come back to the the talk about the, the upcoming game for Montana against Furman. Uh, what did you think of the way that the Idaho game went down? Man, they 
sneaked away. They snuck away, man. <laughs> but that's the story of their season, right? Yeah. I mean, they played six one possession games this year, and they're four and two in those one possession games. Want to be real? They snuck away from Montana State that's too. That's one hundred percent right. I and, mean, I mean, things go a little bit different. You know, you you get the two point conversion or the onside kick as it called outsides, and all of a sudden maybe you're in overtime with the Grizz too, man. right? So it's it's crazy how much it's come down the wire with it. Oh yeah, but I mean, commend them for being able to come out on top of most of those games for sure. You know, but um. I don't know because I don't know how good. I mean, I don't know how good SIU was. I think they were a they're good on upper defense. Missouri Valley squ- yeah, squad. Yeah, they're, they're they're like fifth in the Missouri Valley. They're good on D. Uh, they have a good quarterback. Yeah, solid quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me about U Albany though. I know you did some breakdown on them. What do you think of uh, the Great Danes coming to Moscow this week? Man, their defense great. I mean, they just defense, defense, defense. You look at their numbers; they're in the top in the FCS in like. Every defensive category, yeah, sacks, sure. tackles for loss, uh, total defense, rushing defense, red zone defense. Like they're in the tops in all of them or top 10, top 15, sometimes top five in all of them. And it's just like I think it's going to be a big test for Idaho because it's like we always I mean, I feel like early on in the season we were talking about Idaho as one of the more top tier offensive squads. Right. But are they? It's so interesting. They have they have this brand as that because they have a great quarterback a really good receiver and they have two really good receivers and a running back too actually and they have a great running back yeah they have a really inexperienced offensive line that's been banged up they have no they only have freshmen and sophomores and then they had a couple guys get hurt they so lost like, their center right uh, yeah i mean they're rolling with a true freshman center right so yeah that that in itself those guys have done well but you you just you have to mitigate it a little bit you can when you have a quarterback that can I mean, he he can keep plays alive for like ten seconds. Yeah. He's had a couple of games where you're like, dude, this guy can run around forever, man. <laughs> but yeah, they're not. I mean, that their whole deal is they want to they want to score well, like twenty eight to thirty five, but they want to hold the ball as much as yeah. they possibly can. Which I mean, that I feel like that's so contrasting. It's like we want to put up points, right? But we want to drain the clock too. It's like how how are you supposed to? I don't know. I feel like it's an interesting balance. But I guess you talk to Coach Eck more than I do. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. I talked to him earlier this week. He loves the, the sort of mentality of his team. It's interesting because he, he, he one thing he talked about today was the balance between realizing that, like, last week was their first playoff win in 30 years. It's wow. a huge deal. Yeah. But also, and, you know, you're building the program and you want to be patient as you build the program. But also, you don't want to be patient. Because you want it right now. You yeah. got Hayden Hat right now. So why would yeah. you just try to go win it? You know, you got you got the four seed. You're going to have another home game. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and if you make it to the final four, then boom, you're, you know, yeah. it's all house money after that. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting against you, Albany, because I do think that Albany's greatest strength is their defensive line and their DNs. They have two DNs that have combined for 26 sacks. So Strength for weakness. Exactly. Strength against weakness. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm just so interested to see how the Idaho guys embrace the moment. Yeah. Because they they got the win last week. Are they satisfied with that, or do they want to keep pushing? I guess that depends on the guys in the locker room. Right, you know? 100%. Because we could have said, said the same thing about the Grizz. Were they satisfied? With, I mean, right. it's literally like we talked about, and they showed us otherwise. But it's like, they're big sky champs. They beat the Cats. Right. You know, they're 10-1. and one. They got the two seed. They're at home. So it's like, are they going to be comfortable? And I think we definitely did see a little bye week rust coming off but i mean we'll see i mean hopefully idaho can uh pull it together and be able to get to the final four but we'll see how about Furman? what have you what have you seen so far out of the paladins i think they got some some better corners than we have seen throughout the season i think that's right 
Um, linebackers are pretty good. I mean, their defense is good. That, defense that's, is good. That's what they hang their hat on. But I think their DBs are going to be some of the better DBs that we've seen. I mean, just think about the big sky. Who are some of the better DBs? that? I mean, we have two first-team all-conference DBs right. on our team. So it's like, I know. where else have we seen good defensive backs in the big sky yeah, or, or throughout right. the season? Right. So I think this is going to be a good test for our receivers. Well, like the, the other good, really good DBs are at Weber, at Montana, and play Weber. Yeah, exactly. So, see, I didn't even – I mean, I haven't even looked the, into Weaver Sac State has a guy that's good, yeah. that, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there really is only two teams in the whole Big Sky that has two – like a pair of good corners. Yeah. And Montana's one of them. Yeah. So, um, I think it'll be a good test for our receivers. Um, I think they're a better run-stopping team than us, the Gri- than the Grizz are. So, I think that's going to be an interesting test for the Grizz as well to see, you know, how they do being able to run the ball. Because I think, you know, ultimately, Coach Haug and Coach Pease, they want to run the ball. We throw it around. We have good receivers, and you need that. You need those explosive plays to be yep. successful. But I think ultimately they want to win in the run game, and I think this is going to be a good test. Obviously, you look at Furman's numbers, and this is what I was going to say a minute ago. You look at Furman's numbers, and it's like, damn, they're 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 up there in all the stats. But it's like they play in the SoCon, so it's like you. I, I don't know. I don't want to discredit them, but I'm interested to see the matchup because it, it's it's going to be really interesting. I think to see the matchup and see how they do in the run. It it is the. The balancing of what do the numbers all mean, right? Is is it's tough for me too. I'm trying to make sense of them. They certainly lean on their the Grizz lean on their defense and their special teams big time, but then they also have just the last the second half of the season been scored in the 30s too. So yeah. when you do all that, then you just you blow teams out. Yeah. Furman, if it wasn't for their defense, like they haven't really beat anybody with their offense. And that's oh. that's what I'm so interested because in, I even though it, I do think it's going to be a defensive game because it's going to be cold, might be snowy, it's Friday night, it's still – I just think you're going to have to score some points. Like Furman's wins, okay, they scored 38 against Mercer, but 28 against the Citadel, 27 against Samford, 16 against East Tennessee State, 17 against Chattanooga, 13 and a loss to Wofford. Yeah. 26 last week against Chattanooga. And four field goals. Four field goals. Two right. touchdowns. Right. So. I mean, their quarterback, who's who's tough. He's tough as nails. He's an ROTC guy. He's a military guy. He can run around. He can run around. He's got nine touchdowns and five picks. Like, it's not like he, he's not crazy. He was hurt a little bit. Okay, but, okay. That's but, crazy. But, yeah, they're, they're just not like an offensive juggernaut by any means. So And that's what I got from watching them, too. And, and, and. I mean, it didn't feel like they were throwing the ball around too much, but I think their quarterback ended with like 190 passing yards last game. But yeah. it looked like they were really trying to just run the ball, and that's what I really walked away from this, away from that game. Watching the uh, Chattanooga Furman game was that I think they're going to try to run the ball against us. I mean, we'll definitely see, but um, yeah, I think they're an interesting matchup, definitely because um, I think this will probably be one of the better defenses that the Grizz have faced all year. I mean. Besides the Grizz, who has a top defense in the in the Big Sky? Was Montana State's up there? Montana State's was up there, but they kind of crumbled down the stretch. Yeah. I mean. So it's like, did they really see a top defense all year? Right. You know? And and it's just like I said last week. It's like, we keep wanting to discredit this team and like, no, now sure. they got to prove this. Now I mean, they got to prove that. Honestly, one of the best defense the Grizz played this year? Who? Ferris State. You think? I mean, they, got they, the best, they got the best front for sure. Wow. That's crazy. For That's sure. crazy. And how is Ferris State? Is the That's D- a good question, actually. Is the D2 uh, playoff still going on? I'm I, sure they I, are. I, I think they must be. Hold that. All this stuff. Because if they win that, that'll – I mean, <laughs> it's just so funny. Everybody was trying to discredit that Grizz win, and now it's like 
I don't know. Might be the best defense they've faced all year. No kidding. <laughs> but they lost a couple games this year, too. Outside of us, I think they lost one more, didn't they? Fair State lost in the uh, the first round of the D2 what? playoffs to Grand Valley State, which is their, that's the, that's their rival, and yeah. that's like the other power. They're they're gonna the win. other one, like right in Michigan, right? Yeah. And, uh, wow. And it was 21-14, so just a straight-up slugfest. How did that get – I'm sure Fair State was probably – well, I guess the seeds in D2 are much different because there's so many teams, so it's like And those two are in the same conference, so I bet you they I bet you that was probably the second time that they lost to them and maybe that's why they had Yeah, to I think go. they lost in the regular season. I think that's why they had to go uh on the road. Ferris State ended their season. Oh, that no, that was it. That's it. Wow. One and done. Oh no, that's last year. What I'm like, there's no way they went 14 and 1 and lost <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. How's that, how does that work? Let's see their 2023 schedule. So if it will ever load for me. <laughs> Eight and three. So they lost to Montana. Then they lost to Grand Valley State. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, and then they lost to Grand Valley State. Wow, so there you that's go. tough. Yeah. Tough for them. Yeah. Well, regardless, as I said earlier, I think that there's very few key factors in this game because I think the Grizz haven't rolled in so much. Yeah. The chances of them just like no showing and not being ready for the moment are zero. They're going to show up, yeah. and they're going to be ready to roll, and they're going to play their absolute asses off. That part's all fine. The The preparation, the coaching, adjustments within the game, all that's going to be fine too. As long as they don't puke the ball all over the field, I think they're going to roll. Yeah. I, I can see that too, but, you know, I've been kind of hesitant to jump jump forward this season, so I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, I think this is going to be a formidable opponent, but – I think that I mean I think they're gonna play well. They knocked the rust off last week. I think they understand how they have to execute in the playoff. I mean, hopefully, Coach Houck let them know that like some of those mistakes they made early on in that game, like they could really hurt you against better sure. competition. So um, I think they understand that, and I think they'll be they'll be ready to go. You Sammy and Cam joins us once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for being here, man. It should be fun. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Hi, I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, a seasoned litigator with over a decade of experience in Montana. Have you been injured in a car accident? If so, remember insurance companies want to give you as little money as possible. There's a reason why they have the biggest buildings in the largest cities. Don't let big insurance bully you. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today to see how I can help you get fair compensation for your injuries. The consultation's free and the fight's real. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Town.